So this evening, um, I'd like to offer a few reflections on maybe what I might call a wise relationship to our practice. Um, I think this will be fairly brief, but we'll see if that bears out. Um, so, mm, trying to think what to bring this evening and, uh, and perhaps, uh, towards the end of a month, I, I find myself reflecting a little and marveling at you all and your marvelousness <laughs> and how, uh, that the weeks go by and I get to meet with you and hear something of your practice and uh, yeah it, it's so inspiring and wondrous in its uh, mm, we could say its singularity its, its uh, coherence we really are here you know feels to me very much with the same intention, the same intentions. And there's a wonderful diversity or plurality of temperaments and styles of practice. And it's kind of amazing. You know, if you ever sat in front of people and it's like this kind of, these different worlds that, kind of appear <laughs> for it's like and then and that one got disappeared and then another one appears it's like wow you know did you realize you're a whole world <laughs> um and so i i uh just have deep deep appreciation for that and for your sharing and um so the reflection is something about how uh, uh, we mm, can understand or reflect on our practice at times, our uh, review perhaps in different ways. Sometimes that's skillful, sometimes not so skillful. <laughs> Just leave that aside and get on with it. Um, and um how this this practice that we engage in and has doesn't it sort of everything to do with the uh understanding of the ending of uh suffering and stress uh, alleviation of that you know kind of to to really understand that. And um, I notice in myself and sometimes in others at different times that this very practice <laughs> can actually be a source of suffering and stress. <laughs> Perhaps you notice this. Saying, hmm, you know, meditation, oh my gosh, you know. Or just the different ways that that, that, can, that can be the case. And perhaps it's inevitable, given the sense of uh, presence of uh, delusion in our in our minds to some degree, much of the time that it, it just it can cloud everything 
we come into contact with, even our, our beloved practice. And so somehow, you, you, know, you, you all know this very well, somehow at different times, in different ways, understanding how our relationship to practice or how we're viewing it can itself be kind of cleaned out of, you know, kind of uh, the kinds of clinging and craving and other that that are really sort of adding to our suffering and stress, you know, rather than helping it to 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 uh, fade, to yeah, to so we can discover for ourselves a true sense of freedom uh, and peace in our, in our life um, that the Buddha was, was pointing us to, that each, each, for each one of us this possibility. But again, you know, that's strange, that the singularity of, of that, you know, sort of in a way the universality of that, just almost from just having been born a human being, we have this potential, this possibility. And yet, and yet, you know, each one of us is to some degree unique human being. And so the practice and the, the understanding and the manifestation of the Dharma in our life is going to be a little different, right? I think that's such a... Ah, you know, because don't we all carry so many images and ideas and systems and rules and approaches and this teacher says that and doing this and they said that and it said this in the book and oh my God, you know, <laughs> where is the room in all of that for for our, our you know, authenticity or, you know, for our... our um, uh, whatever it is, this this uniqueness you see, isn't it? For it to be somehow included, not it's not like ironing it out. I'm gonna iron myself out here. So you get a nice, you know, flat sheet of dharma, and then I pile you up in the corner. And say, okay, tick, success month. Pile of lovely dharma sheets. Okay, done. They're all smoothed out. Right, next. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm being silly, but as usual. But um, isn't there something of that that these again different relationship to practice or views, or sort of that we have of oh, somehow I've got to be all ironed out, like like that person over there is obviously very ironed out. God, that looks good. I want to, you know, I want to be like that, or whatever it is we might see or perceive in another in another person as their, you know, beautiful manifestation of the Dharma, you know, this beautiful manifestation of the Dharma that we are, each one of us, even as we are, you know, even in our imperfected state. (laughs) And, you know, this is maybe something, again, it's more easy to see that in other people than ourselves. We might, might, uh, you know, dare to glimpse and see the beauty of another person and the goodness of their heart. Um, but even there, I feel like sometimes we have to put, we have to put dark glasses on, you know, because it can be so sort of, oh, you know, to really behold that in another person. And of course with ourselves, it's 
probably for most of us that's even more of an ask and to to actually behold our own goodness and beauty it's like no no thanks just move on quickly (laughs) um yeah so how much um you know the techniques the approaches the the methods of meditation that we learn and apply and uh, the, perhaps the different teachers who we wish to emulate or, you know, how we can f- really feel and experience and benefit from these approaches. You know, we can see and feel and experience the, their strengths and their gifts. And maybe at times we're also really aware of certain pitfalls within that or limitations or you know even even hurt you know sometimes from that and often it, it's we could say it's 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 from our relationship to that where the suffering and and the stress in terms of you know I know you all know this very well in different ways you know that we so we make out of a say an approach we make it into a measuring stick to beat ourselves with oh dear um or we we cling you know we cling to ideas which which are, are fine ideas but when we cling to them as a notion, you know, a kind of something that we want to be that we're not. Uh, so much suffering in that. So how to how to relate wisely, you know, how to honor and respect. So I was saying to, to somebody, respect the system, but bow to the Buddha. How's that? That's maybe... I, something about that which um, is is again respecting, but not not being caught up in uh, kind of clinging to any any particular framework. And I feel that yeah, that there's a sense that our if our cultivation, you know, kind of mental cultivation or what what we think of as yeah cultivation of the mind if if we if we um if we uh confine that or reduce that to a particular set of ideas even the buddha's structures and lists you know we we limit our capacity to to truly uh explore because for me anyway that the the basis of practice has to be our lived experience and maybe that's a bias that I have um, and because I feel like without that we 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 uh, it's like practice can remain a good idea but it kind of leaves us behind you know I'm running along after it trying to catch up you know wait a minute so this sense of 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 uh, bringing together translating or that sense of how how we see practice for it to actually meet meet us where we are and and lead us on so it has this kind of um, compassionate 
pragmatic. Right, here we are, sort of quality, but it also has that onward leading sense of, yeah, this is deepening, this is helpful, this is, right. So that the, the, the field of mental cultivation is, is bigger than any particular approach, can't be reduced to that. I don't know if this is a, works as a, as a simile or a metaphor. Do you know that? It's like the finger pointing at the moon. And we like, we get kind of like mesmerized by looking at the finger. Like, oh yeah, the finger's like this and it's that long and it's, it's got wrinkles here and that there. Oh yeah, very interesting. Hmm. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, the moon is going unnoticed. So maybe we can feel like that sometimes or be like that. So I want to share a teaching um, which I, I learned from another teacher. I'm a terrible magpie with these things, but I hope it will be helpful for you. Which is a reflection on um, maybe hmm, four kinds of, four meditative skills. This is from Akinchino, for those of you who know him. He called them indispensable meditative skills and my senses I go through them I want to invite you to maybe reflect on them and see how they might be part of your practice and my sense is that all of you you know all of us just by being here just by practicing in in a skillful way with these skills are developing they are they, they cannot not be in a way but before I get onto those, I just wanted to offer another uh, simile. Simile is like, yeah, it's a simile. Sometimes metaphor, no, I think it's a simile. So to see our this um, wise relationship to practice that I'm kind of sort of opening up or inviting you to reflect on. It's like um, something like being... Uh, a wise gardener in a garden, right? the garden of our life, the garden of our mind. And I'm not a gardener, but I've enjoyed working in gardens and assisting gardeners and enjoying the fruits of the garden. So and I think about the garden at Gaia House, so that's what I'm thinking about. I just want to sort of just say, just invite you into this reflection a little bit. So um, I can see the gardener, the different skills, the different kinds of knowledge and the different uh, tools, yeah, used at different times for different tasks saw the gardener feeding the soil, right, taking care of the soil, putting in the compost when it had rotted to the right degree. I saw the gardener planting little seeds in tiny, tiny little pots and putting them in a warm place. And then I saw the gardener plant the seedlings into the into the earth, like we have some new little seed little plants out here at the front. 
and saw the gardener uh, sometimes protecting the young plants, protecting, uh, trying to stop the rabbits from eating them or the slugs as much as possible. So I could, I won't go on, I could probably go on for ages about this, but I, I feel like it's a very helpful metaphor or simile for our, if you like, a larger sense of what bhavana, what cultivation, particularly mental cultivation is, and seeing our, seeing ourselves, seeing our, our mind, our being as a garden, you know, different, different fruits, and just... Yeah, what and and part of that, part of why this feels important is, as I was saying earlier, is like the gardener would kind of recognize, oh, this kind of plant grows really well. So, oh, this kind of plant has kind of struggling. So there's a sense of, oh, okay, this this works. This is this is fruitful, right? But but that one anyway. So I won't. Uh, go on too much about that, but maybe for you, you know, in your life, uh, you might consider what it would be to be like the wise gardener with your with the beautiful garden of your mind, and including all the compost heaps and the slugs and the rabbits. <laughs> okay, so. So I'd like to share with you these four um, indispensable skills. And as I go through each each one, I'd invite you to consider, um, maybe you recognize, oh yeah, that one's more familiar, or you maybe we prefer one, or we, we sense, oh, that's more valuable. I value it, or others value it more. Or you just see kind of... And sometimes when I do this, like it kind of helps me feel like, oh, okay, something I need to uh, strengthen, or you know, maybe I need to water that flower bed a bit more, and that kind of feeling of this. And at different times in our practice, you know, we one might be strengthening, and another one is 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 um, not so much being attended to. So I'll name the four, and then I'll go through them. Calming the mind, stepping back, stepping in, and seeing the universals. So calming, calming the mind, steadying that, then this core skillfulness, this of knowing, again, knowing for yourself, like this is crucial isn't it that that we have ideas about oh this is how you do it but how does it actually work for you what helps you to feel a little more at ease or a little more settled you know this sounds so modest doesn't it it's not like leaping into eighth jhana or something It's, it's a little more modest than that but it's so, so important because it leads that way. It leads to deepening in a way that all the good ideas in the world will never do. But your little bit of knowledge, your little bit of remembering, ah, 
actually, for me, it's like this. I know that this can help, that can help. It's like, so again, using the toolkit image, but it's also, I think, a kind of deepening and strengthening of trust in one's own experience, in one's own uh, learning, right? And that if we're too much relying on what other people say and, you know, and, and it, that, that without it really, without us seeing the fruit of that in our experience, you know, that's, that's what's going to deepen, that's what's going to really make a difference in our life. And I, I yeah, so that, that area of how we steady ourselves, and of course, as you can hear, with this and with each of the other three. They are life skills. I mean, they are absolutely relevant to, you know, how we, how we are, uh, you know, you know, you're in a difficult situation of, of any particular kind in your life. It's like knowing how to just steady yourself within that, right? It's, it's like so that it's portable because you 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 have that like I don't know why I'm wobbling like that but um, you really seen and understand how it works for yourself and and that's not something anyone else can tell you right so and that's how it becomes portable yeah because you 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 feel it. You, you you know. So that's the first one, the the first calming. Yeah. What well, helps you feel a little bit more at ease? You know, no, maybe not very at ease, but even just that little bit. Very significant. It's like it it even that little bit puts us in a different relationship to our experience. And maybe just one other one other part of this which I don't know if this makes sense to you, but to me it's like you can, you can all, there's a, there in some way, there's a way you can tune into or touch stillness anytime, anywhere, mind is in any state. Yeah, that's a, that's a skill. That's a skill. It's not meant to be a statement of truth, but more like a, a, a practice, actually. Very interesting. Uh, the mind can, yeah, you can learn to, ah, oh, kind of always look towards that, look through all the movement, ah, to the, to the stillness. Okay, so maybe I'll just pause for a moment. If you just. Uh, You know, just what you know about how the mind is, is how it how it's stilled, how it's calmed. You don't need to write them all down in your mind, but it's Mm. 
And my, my guess is that however you're practicing, that is happening. Which is kind of wonderful, isn't it? It means you haven't got to do it like the other person. <laughs> you just see how that is happening for you in the way you are, in the way you're practicing. Okay, so the second ones. The first one is calming, calming the mind. The second one is stepping back or stepping away or the sense of being able to uh, have some distance, kind of observing, gaining perspective on. There's a kind of uh, giving space, might be another way of putting it. Witnessing, observing. So, yeah, as you can hear, and this is this is very, uh, very strongly emphasised uh, in, yeah, certain parts of of this tradition or its traditions, and it's an aspect, perhaps, of mindfulness. You know that one of the similes the Buddha uses is it's like being up a high tower. So that sense of being able to look, observe, behold. And so, yeah, I guess it's that sense of when we can look, when it's skillful to, to, to have kind of a, almost a sense of objectivity of looking at, which is obviously so, so helpful and so, um, yeah, uh, uh, an indispensable skill. And perhaps you can check that out for yourself, you know, how, hmm, yeah, that capacity to to kind of step away from what's troubling or enthralling and like, oh, look at that, yeah, craving is occurring or, you know, anger is happening, this, this coolness of that is very crucial to be able to, to be able to do that. And again, my sense is that we're all doing that. I don't think we'd still be here if we weren't doing that quite a lot. So recognizing, oh yeah, that's, that, that's, that's there, that capacity is there. It is, it is being used, it is being developed. Um, and so I, I thought, I wondered, like, what, what helps you with that? What, what, how do you, and again, it's that, okay, you know, we know all the teachings and we know all the lists and everything, but how, how do you do that? What helps you to sort of gain perspective, to step back, to see, especially when something is, you know, kind of magnetic? It's like, what is it that actually helps you to do that? And I do think that's going to be a little different for each of us. What helps you? What do you know about that? So again, slightly I'm kind of inviting you to reflect sort of gently around what I'm saying. How how do you how do you find that? What are the kinds yeah, whatever that is for you, practice or hmm. Hmm. What helps you to um, actually, you know, step out of the story? Isn't that a big part of our practice? Isn't it story, story, thoughts about whatever? And 
wow, you know, what is it that actually helps you to 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 relate to that? I mean, obviously, we could say, well, it's just it's mindfulness, obviously, but yes, maybe more to it than that. And I think it's so interesting if you you look and see what what makes the difference. What are the conditions that come together? to actually make it possible for that to happen, that, that stepping back, that. And knowing what they are is, is very important information. Um, makes, again, that skill more portable. And not just dependent on retreat conditions, but you actually understand what is happening in the mind that makes that, yeah that helps that to happen. Okay, so, and you might see, oh, how, how am I, how, how, how is that, how is that? Can I see that skill kind of around in my practice today or on the retreat? Like, yeah, yeah, or, oh dear, no, I'm getting, I'm all sucked in there at the moment, right? <laughs> okay. So again, not using these as a measuring stick. Please don't do that. It's like, oh, I'm not very good at that one. Oh, dear. Um, no, it's more like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, maybe that, that would be, a bit more of that would be helpful. Or again, so that we're strengthening our skillfulness. We're not just a one-trick pony. You know? We actually have, oh, different, different skills, different, helpful at different times. Okay, so calming the mind, stepping back, and stepping in is the the third one. So, being able to uh, engage, to, to, I I think it's a lot about feeling it, the being, if you like, more in our experience, sort of in the subjectivity of it, rather than going for, there's the object here, okay, how's the subject doing? <laughs> what's, the, what's happening? What's happening? What's, what's, the, what's happening? What's the, the feeling? Stepping in, being able to carefully, s- respectfully, and appropriately, right? So this is probably a crucial part of this skill, Knowing when to turn towards and open to open to something, and knowing when not to. <laughs> don't do that. Not now. No, don't go there. That's so important. That's, again, it's such an interesting, like to know to not have an ideology about what it says in the book or that teacher says. Well, you're obviously not a good meditator if you can't get in there and meet your demons, you know, all the time. That's really. <laughs> Just we need to be able to value the different modes, the different skillfulness. So it's so important that my sense anyway is in the in the longer term or in in the deepening. It's like ah, oh, sometimes knowing when when not to go in. Yeah, it's not appropriate. It's not helpful. But at the same time, we, we learn that skill, which is, again, for our life, crucial um, to be able to be in the messiness, in the, in the confusion, in the I don't know what to say, and, and it's awkward and embarrassing, and ah, 
And I, okay, steady, steady, stepping in, knowing how to, uh, it's often to do with other people, I think, at least for me, but but the messiness of our own minds, you know, where the subjectivity is not so full of clear object definition, where we can say, oh, this is this, and that's that, and that's that, and right, it's all organized. Um, I think the, the the world of the chitter is is often much more amorphous, diffuse, uh, you know, sort of flowing, shifting, changing. Depends on how you look at it. So just to get some degree of comfort with that. No, I don't really know what's going on. Oh, well, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Don't panic. That would be one of my. I, w- I was thinking if you, you want to make your own little skill list. I, I haven't made one for myself. I think don't panic would be on it. Very, very helpful skill. Especially when you're feeling panicked. It's like don't panic about the panic. I find that very helpful. So stepping in and knowing when and when not to and how. And again, I, I don't think anybody else can really te- can really teach you that. They can give you ideas, they can give you suggestions, and then you need to try it out and see, you know, it's like, what works for you? Because again, we're unique. So it's not going to be like one size fits all. You have to find out for yourself. And something that works beautifully for someone else is just going to be a disaster in your own mind, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, so calming mind, stepping back, stepping in, and the fourth one, seeing the universals. And uh, this is obviously the very heart of the, the the vipassana aspect of the practice, of the seeing deeply into the nature of our experience in ways that free the mind from suffering. And these ways of seeing, these ways of understanding, which actually bring us into this universal human experience, you know, that um, we begin to see within that our particular, our particular tendencies and patterns. And the uni- their universality, right? So this is, uh, again, this skill of being able to, you know, that pattern of, of, of unworthiness mixed with rage, hurt, and shame, or, you know, the ugh, it feels very personal, right? It feels very, you know, unique. Yes, it probably is. And it's universal. <laughs> yeah, this this is uh, this is a journey. This is a practice. It has certainly been very very important for me to be able to, and it's maybe again the stepping in and then being able to see. Ah, oh, this is tangled up human energy, right? That's a helpful perspective. You know, and the the great the great seeing of the of the impermanence of the of the of the not fixed not selfness of the 
unsatisfactory nature of whatever we can touch in the conditioned realm of experience, this, this, this wisdom. And again, how, how, how we do that. It's all very well for other people to say it. <laughs> Read it in the book. How do, you, how do you do that here and now with this body and mind, this life? And that's the skillfulness, you know, that's becoming the wise gardener. Oh, it's all going on a bit longer than I thought. Well, that's all right. Still got a bit of time. You're not off anywhere immediately, are you? Not in a hurry? Okay, that's all right. <laughs> right, now, this is another piece of it I want to share, kind of last, well, second to last bit. This is very interesting. So, I like this part. Um... As I was saying at the beginning about, you know, every approach, every uh, technique or system has its pitfalls, potentially, right? Especially given the presence of greed, hatred and delusion in the mind. So these four skills are also similarly subject to those forces, of course. So, (laughs) with the first one. If we crave for and cling and or cling to stillness, calm, calm, oh, suffering, suffering, (laughs) suffering. (laughs) If we overemphasize that, if we narrow down to that, yeah, so you, you get that, right? The second one. The, the the stepping back. If you just step back, where are you going to end up? Please, I beg you, just look at that. If you have that tendency, <laughs> you back up, you get further, back, step away, bigger picture, bigger picture. I'm on the moon. It's not far enough away. I, I need to go to Mars. It's still not far. Enough. I want to get the really, you know, I've got to get. I'm exaggerating, uh, but. Um, Maybe not. A tendency to, you know, what is that? Avoid, I think is what it is, really. Avoid life, avoid feeling, you know, and that sense of, of if I just step far enough away, it'll all disappear. If I just step far enough away, it'll be all right. If I just step far enough away, nothing will happen. If I just step far, ooh, you know. So, again, just to see how, if you like, the shadow side of that skillfulness, if it's out of balance, if it's overused, overemphasized, uh, used without anything else around it. Never safe enough. So the first one would be never quiet enough. Second one, never safe enough. So the third one, stepping in. You know, if that's all we're doing, oh dear, (laughs) where does that go? Me and my stuff, endless, 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 more stuff, more stuff, more healing needed, never enough healing. (sighs) So, can you hear that? So we need 
to see our tendencies. And I clearly, you know, I can see that verb one as being one of mine. But I've had to counterbalance. I've had to kind of check it out. Because, you know, you're never going to be sorted. Sorry if you didn't know this. The bad news is, (laughs) the good news is you can still be free. And the fourth one, um, you know, the, 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 the tendency then to be stuck on the level of the cognitive aspect of the teachings, the ideas, you know, and the texts and the, and the commentaries and, and this wonderful book and that teacher and this framework, and oh, you know, and, and that's so interesting and that's so important and relevant and I want to know more and more. I want to know everything. Okay, well, you know, we can never, never know enough. It's that sort of feeling, maybe. So getting stuck on that level. So what? So can you? Can you? I hope this this is not feeling like an insult to anyone. Although sometimes the truth can feel like an insult. Right? Um, so that we can benefit from our amazing minds and capacities and our beautiful qualities and our skillfulness and our unbelievable capacity to learn. It's like it has to be, you know, specific skills and the sense of the wise gardener, right? He keeps somehow tending the whole process, the gestalt, the the, the fullness of our being and of our life and um, in, in, in the application of each of these kinds of skills you know, as you know, great benefit and uh, easing of our suffering and stress and uh, yeah great benefit to our relationships and our capacity to function effectively and and happily in the world. So, yeah, I think think that's what I wanted to say. So thank you so much for your wonderfulness and your beauty and your messiness and your skillfulness (laughs) and your unskillfulness. (laughs) It's all welcome and it's been a uh, an amazing privilege and a joy to to be with you this month and for those continuing um, keep on keeping on and for those of you leaving keep on keeping on <laughs> thank you Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.